growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome all you funkophiles, cannabophiles, audiophiles. We're going to tickle all your senses today. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com and I am your host, Kyle Cushman. We have proudly featured many women leaders of the industry here on The Grow Show and today I'm happy to welcome A.C. Braddock, CEO of Eden Labs. A.C. is a highly sought-after speaker at industry events and an expert in the field of cannabis extraction tech. While Eden Labs is known for its groundbreaking extraction technology, including high-flow CO2 extractors and distillation, A.C. isn't just about extraction. She also has a passion for educating and is breaking the mold when it comes to corporate structuring and industry ethics. There's no glass ceilings here. As one of the founding members of Women of Weed, an active member of the MGBA's Women Alliance, and a board member of the Council of Responsible Cannabis Regulation and NCIA, this Seattle resident is a true leader and advocate for the cause of responsible legalization. A.C., welcome to The Grow Show. Hey, Kyle. Thank you. Wow. What an introduction. I'm blushing. Oh, well, thank you very much. You know, I'm really proud to have prominent figures in our industry that are, you know, really making an impact. And so I've been told is the case with you and Eden Labs. Can you tell us a little bit how you first became interested in this? Or, you know, what was it about cannabis extracts that drew you in? Well, my first extracts came as in uh, whole plant extracts just in general back in the early 90s by reading The Natural Mind from uh, Dr. Andrew Vile, who has started the whole integrative medicine movement in this country. And uh, that Fritz Chess from Eden Labs and saw what he was doing. My, kind of, my mind was kind of blown. I'm like, wow, this is how we can change so much in our medical system and how we treat plants across the board. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the science of extraction. I appreciate that you're using a non, uh, a solvent. Take us through the CO2 extraction process and what, what exactly is high flow CO2 extraction? So, oh, that's a big question. CO2 extraction is a, a, a extraction process. What is really great about CO2 is it's, it's a tunable solvent. Hmm. Where we started was using gas booster systems, which is actually an extraction with gas vapor. And from, I guess, 1996 when Fritz made his first CO2 system until about 2011, this was fine for multiple industries. But for cannabis, a gas booster system was not effective and it had a slurry of different maintenance issues. So we completely changed the design in 2012 for this industry, which uses liquid CO2. And most of that has to do with phase changes from gas to liquid to go through the pumping system because gas entrained with terpenes, when it goes back through a pumping system, carbonizes and ruins the pump. So the high flow is the first liquid system for this industry, and it is night and day in its use. We, you can actually run the system 
So it's maintenance-wise, it's much better. Does it also improve the yield or the quality of the product? Oh, yeah, drastically, because you're flushing the uh, extraction vessel with liquid, so it's faster and it saturates the product more thoroughly, so it can double or triple the yield. Huh. And so just for our listeners out there, and just for the sake of hearing your take on it, how is CO2 better than other extraction methods such as butane? Well, CO2, as I was saying, is a tunable solvent, which means you can, within the same batch, change the temperature and pressure to create multiple different products during a single extraction, which you can't really do. You mean like, with, uh, like, like butter or shatter or different products like that? Or just, you know, just being able to, like, for instance, uh, with a high flow, you can do a uh, fractionated extraction, so you can t- pull all the terpenes off first, then uh-huh. you can change the temperature pressure and pull off the bulk and then you can change the temperature and pressure and take out bulk waxes and lipids so there's that and then also you can increase temperature and pressure and make crumble you can decrease it decrease the temperature and pressure and, and make an oil that's more suitable for vape pens it's just a lot more user friendly as far as creating different product lines so a lot of people are really interested in cannabis extracts and i'm wondering is it safe or effective to for people to actually do this at home or is this still a little bit over people's heads and it should be done by professionals for co2 yeah you know the equipment for co2 you know can be it's not a simple process so you know the equipment can be a little cost prohibitive for a home system but there's actually a company out of portland called oco that does a, a really nice small tabletop unit, I think it's under $4,000. And there's no reason why that would not be safe for home production. So, I mean, how much education or learning curve does it take for someone to be able to do CO2 extraction? We give a two-day training, and usually people get that in a day and reiterating what we taught. But, you know, not all the systems are the same, and ours is extremely, we've been doing this 21 years, it's extremely intuitive to operate, so you don't have to have a degree or be overly mechanically inclined to be able to do a CO2 extraction. Okay. Well, I'm glad we have somebody out there like you doing it for us. So, I want to talk about reintroducing terpenes, but before I get into and removing them, but tell us about the product you call the Clear, and why do terps have to be added back into the product? So the clear is made by distilling oils, and particularly oils have a high boiling point. So you have to use a lot of heat and vacuum in order to make Mm. it. So that's going to oxidize your terpenes if you don't take them out. Am I correct? Well, it'll just take them out. I mean, you'll vacuum vacuum them out because terpenes are very—they're essential oils, so they're very light. They're going to come off immediately. Right. So they're eradicated basically in making the clear, so that's why they have to be added back back in by some other method. You know, you can do it by steam distilling, CO2, multiple other different ways to remove terpenes. So when you remove the terpenes, do you actually break the terpenes down separately and you can store them separately, or is it just a big batch of terpenes? Currently, it's a big batch of terpenes. That is probably, you know, obviously the next step in extraction will be going. There are people who are separating out the different terpene profiles to see what each one of them does. We have a client 
recently who claims that they've discovered a single terpene that makes our eyes turn red. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you, you can definitely isolate them. Interesting. Is there something new in extraction technology that's coming up in the next generation? Well, actually, we just launched our next generation system. It's the FX2, and it is actually three times the low, which was probably six to eight times faster than the gas booster design. I mean, it's unbelievably fast and efficient, and we're so pleased to be able to offer it to the industry because it actually changes the whole workflow of someone's operation. So instead of having to work two shifts, for instance, you can do you can just have a normal work day. And, you know, as, all, as far as we all work in this industry, having anything to return some quality of life is a good thing. Of course. I know all about that. Long days in windowless warehouses. I really look forward to maybe growing outdoors again sometime soon. Well, this is a fantastic discussion, but we've got to take a quick break to give our sponsors a little love. So I advise everybody to kick back, take a quick toke, and we'll be right back with more from AC Braddock. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top ten song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Sitting downtown in a railway station. 
Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Invite you to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. We are talking with A.C. Braddock, the CEO of Eden Lab. Let's switch gears here a little bit and talk a little bit about something not everybody is considering as legalization and grows cover the country, sustainability and the environment. This is a very important issue. For example, in California, we're in the midst of a legendary drought, as everybody knows. And as legalization is moving closer, we're worried about cultivation and how that's going to affect the environment. And I know this is a cause that you're really interested in. And you just spoke this, about this topic at a recent industry event. So I was wondering what your input is as to the impact of legalization on the environment for uh, conservation and waste management and water and things like that. We have been a little freaked out about the water problem in the drought in California, you know, for over a year now, as anybody who's in California is. And we've always been very interested in water remediation, and we're currently actually working on a very sophisticated dehumidifier to take water out of the air. We're involved in a pilot plant project in California, which is currently supplying water to a business in a small grow. Okay. Do you think that legalization potentially might put a burden on our already strained natural resources, or do you think that we'll be able to work this out? Oh, well, that all depends on how socially responsible we are as an industry and and where we start now and how that affects legalization and regulation comes in. Obviously, regulation is going to affect how everyone operates. But if we can get ahead of it, it may not affect the industry. Do you have some practical tips that, that cultivators specifically can do to be more conscientious about the footprint and the environment? You know, Kyle, this is the number one answer is the thing you know most about, and that's growing properly, you know, growing mm-hmm. organically. That is the number one way from the start of the process all the way through that most impacts the environment. You're right. And we all have to take a little bit of responsibility for that and put some things in front of the almighty dollar, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for instance, you know, Eden makes all kinds of light hydrocarbon systems. We chose not to market them to this industry. So this industry had a clear, easy out. And if we are all sacrificing something to make this industry go further, it will. But as soon as people start getting too greedy, it causes problems, and and it causes problems for everyone. Yeah. It is, you know. I mean, as we're moving forward and we're we're going forward with all these government regulations and and environmental regulations, you know, the extraction processes and practices are definitely susceptible to scrutiny. And do you think that, you know, the EPA is going to get in on regulating extraction processes and things like that? Well, this is just a plant, cultural product. And those rules and regulations already exist as far as OSHA and EPA and air, you know, we have had a closed-loop system, you know, since 2006, I think. The rules are already there. What would be really great is if we could just continue to tell these kinds of organizations, look, you don't have to make special rules for this. I mean, CO2 extractions do make all kinds of things. And just because it's extracted doesn't change 
how it should be regulated. That's a very good answer. I think you put that very well. And that goes for a lot of things in the cannabis industry that is being yeah. over-scrutinized and over-regulated, over-taxed. Yep. You know, I'm almost to the point where I'm done saying anything is a good step forward. It might be time to start scrutinizing a little bit these steps that we're taking forward and maybe demanding that our industries don't require any more scrutiny than other industries. Do you agree? Absolutely. The bonus of the scrutiny that we're getting spot on power usage and pesticides and labeling and all of this is completely applicable to every other human consumable. So the good thing is that if they're looking at pesticides in our industry, they are going to have to turn around and look at pesticide use on spinach and strawberries. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're, they're loaded with it. They're just having a field day with us right now. You know, those stoners over in the corner, you know, we'll give them their pot, but we're going to tax them 40%. It's a little ridiculous. So... I hear word that there's an impending announcement from the FDA coming up on August 1st. Have you heard about this? I have heard. I haven't decided whether it's just a rumor that someone started, if that's actually going to happen. But, you know, I'm pretty politically involved, and people that I've talked to said that that's, they're not going to do anything. They're going to leave it to Congress. Mm. What is your opinion on the path that the industry could take? Should it be re- or descheduled? He's scheduled, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> it is a plant. It's just we know, a plant. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the whole schedulization is just ridiculous. I mean, even for other things on that scheduling list, there are medicinal uses that are you know on there, and it's just a way to have other corporations to come in and control the plant. I mean, just like poppy flowers. You can grow poppy flowers, but you can't process them. So the last question I want to ask you here is a little bit of a personal issue for me, and I'm just Mm -hmm. curious how you look at it. So I personally don't do concentrates very often. I Mm -hmm. I don't say that I'll never do them, but I certainly take the flower as the whole medicine, and I personally find that when I put it into some kind of an extraction that I kind of lose a little something, something there. And I have yet to find a vape pen or a cartridge or anything on the concentrate side that really floats my boat the way whole flower cannabis does. And I was just curious how that statement makes you feel. I am a complete advocate activist for whole plant. And obviously when you doctor anything, you know, it's going to change the profiles of what's in there. And we just have to study more about what happens in all of those processes and you know, what gets lost. I mean, there obviously there's still lots of testing. We can test material before and after, but well, I think that there's, uh, like some, there's, there's an essence, too, that I, I understand what you're saying. Like, for, you know, for instance, I like tinctures, but I really sometimes like a tincture oil that's alcohol has been vaped off, and you reintroduce it into hemp oil. 
And there's a synergy that I've noticed. It's, it's completely different outside of the hemp oil than it is inside of the hemp oil. And I think it kind of speaks to what you're saying is there's things in there that when you start messing around with it, it changes it somehow. Yes. There are definite synergistic effects between both psychoactive and non-psychoactive cannabinoids. And so I do want to fully acknowledge the medical efficacy of concentrates and the importance of all of the products that we can make from the cannabis plant. I just do want to personally stress to people, uh, young people that may not be extremely experienced, that whole flower marijuana isn't just for old people and smoking a joint. (laughs) Hopefully that practice will never go away. So just don't forsake the flower is my advice to people. Enjoy your champagne, enjoy your caviar, enjoy your chocolate cake and your concentrates, but please don't forsake the flower. I agree with that. That's how we all got here. That's right. Well, I want to thank you for being here. Unfortunately, we're running out of time in the segment. AC, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. You're always on the road. I'm surprised we haven't run into each other yet. Could you please tell our listeners how best to reach you or where to catch you at one of your upcoming engagements? We're going to be at Indo Expo in Portland, first part of August. San Diego, first part of August. The L.A. show. Best way to reach us is via our website. We have a great methodology there to, to get people directed to whom they need to talk to. Well, lots wanna... of, there's lots and lots of shows coming up for the rest of the summer. <laughs> How about you spout out that website for us? Edenlabs.com. Super Beautiful. simple. Well, thank you again for joining us, and we will speak again soon. Right now, we have to take another break for our sponsors. So sit back, relax, and we'll be right back with Ask Kyle. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay quick, the safe and easy way to pay. P A Y Q W I C K dot com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting edge technology, providing a power packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted, available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town, maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Tommy Chong Show. 
on Cannabis Radio. You know about this podcast. What I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody, to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. Now it's time for our Ask Kyle segment, where I answer your cannabis cultivation questions. I've got a lot of questions this week, and we're going to dig right in. First off, from Tanya at Bullybud Farm. I am a grower in Tillamook, Oregon, right on the beautiful Oregon coast. We grow in a greenhouse. We are currently installing a 20 by 31 by 10 foot walls and a 14 foot ridge beam. We are looking for a plant bush or tree that is high yielding and high THC. That's not super bushy. Do you have any recommendations? Well, how bushy a plant is really going to depend on how much you prune it and how many tops you put on it. So really, you just want to look for something that is not too tall. So stay away from the sativas, maybe a, an Afghan Kush or a Grape Ape or a Granddaddy Perp or something like that I think would do really, really good. Next question from Gary H., I have a garden that is about a month old, and I'm using a 660-watt CFL. That's a compact fluorescent. My leaves are not looking super healthy. See my picks, which I'm looking at. I'm growing in soilless and watering with tap water. I think that maybe it's the chlorine in the water. My top leaves are the worst, but all of them are having this curling browning issue. Thanks for the help. Well, I'm looking at your pictures here, and it's definitely a micronute issue. I doubt this early on that it's actually the chlorine. That's something that takes a little more time to build up in the soil. I think that you just need a good mineral matrix or micronutrient supplement like my Vega Matrix Ampit. I think if you add a few milliliters of calcium magnesium or a nice rounded micronutrient supplement, I think you'll find that curling will go away really quick. From I have an indoor grow, and I have noticed in the past couple of weeks that my plants are getting these white, yellowish-looking spots or patches on the fan leaves. The top canopy of leaves is standing between 12 to 15 inches in height, and they're starting to turn from the dark, healthy green that they were to more of a yellow-green. I'm not sure where to start when looking for the cause. Please help. Well, whitish, yellowish-looking spots or patches is pretty much a classic CalMag issue. So I'm going to have to suggest that you get yourself a calcium-magnesium additive and add that to your plants. Go with the full strength for the first feeding and see if that doesn't help you out. And then I should say go to a double strength for your first feeding, see if that doesn't help out. And then on consecutive feedings, just give it the regular strength suggested on the package. From Adam R., how do I keep my plants from getting tall and falling over? That's an easy one, Adam. You need more light. The plants that grow and stretch is because they're trying to get more light. So bring your lights down lower or bring the plants up closer to the light. If you are growing outdoors and they're in the brightest spot that you can find, then, then you're just going to have to stake them. That's, real, that's definitely what's happening is the plants are needing more light, and so they're stretching. Got another question here from Stephen B. I have a question about my clones. My clones have rooted extremely well with three to four inch white roots. I have placed them into red solo cups with the bottoms drilled for drainage so they can root into the medium. 
I have been only been using B1 at 5 mils per gallon and another bio at 2 mils pH to 6.3. I water at the moment about once a day, light watering so they can root. Now that they've been planted into cups, when can I start quarter-strength newts? Should I start immediately or wait a couple of weeks and just B1 and bio to build the roots? Actually, as soon as you get about your – certainly by your third or fourth set of leaves, you definitely got to start feeding no matter what soil you're in. So I would start those newts right away and expect to see accelerated growth. From Kenneth C., I'm 20 days into are starting to show, but one of my plants is getting pretty tall. Is it too late to super crop or is it okay? Before, I've always stopped when pre-flowers started showing. Well – Kenneth, I usually don't like to super crop much after the second week of flowering and you are in the third week of flowering. I would probably just leave it okay. Basically, just bend your branches down. If that's what you mean by super cropping, that's okay. I just wouldn't remove any more flowers or remove any vegetation at this point. Just even the plant off by bending or tying your branches down. You can still break them and they will recover just fine. So super cropping as far as the bending and training is okay a little later on, but you're getting to the point where bud set is completed and you really don't want to manipulate the branches too much uh, as they're not going to grow back as strong as they would if they were in the veg stage. From John C., the bud I've been smoking usually isn't cured right, sometimes not at all, but it's extremely good. I don't have the patience to cure it myself. What kind of effects does it have on the smoking experience? Am I missing out on some flavor or potency by smoking uncured bud? Absolutely, John. Curing is a really important part of the process. Not only does it improve the smokeability, meaning the flavor and the smoothness of the smoke, but really intensely cured weed actually does get more potent. It's a little bit scientific, but as the water molecule evaporates, basically, the THC molecule rotates and becomes extremely more potent. So there you have it. Always cure your weed, but just remember that if your weed is completely dried and there is no moisture left in it, it is impossible to cure your weed. There has to be some moisture left in it or you're just aging your weed. So there you have Ask Kyle for this week. If you want to submit your own questions, just send them to diane at kylecushman.com. That's D-I-A-N-E. Or send a message to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash thegrowshow. We are out of time again. I would like to thank our guests and producers for making the show possible. Make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media, upcoming events I'll be attending, and subscribe to my newsletter. You can find new episodes of The Grow Show every Wednesday by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. I like to make the world a better place by putting a smile on the face of someone you don't even know. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman, and as always, please stay lifted. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.